Welcome, listener, to another edition of the Coco and Dalts podcast. We're real people doing real reviews. I'm not Coco. And I'm not Dalts. And we've got a spectacular episode here for you, listener, because all the other ones have been mediocre to this point. This Rich. one is blowing off the door. And you know it's mediocre because we only have one listener. So, so tell us, uh, Coco... What are we talking about in this episode? So today we have another fresh out the oven review for you. If you are listening to this in real time, because why wouldn't you be? Today marks the release of Coming to America. Numeral two. The sequel to the original Coming to America, which was released in 1988. Uh, so for those of you who have not seen the original, which I think at this point was only adults until last night. Yep. Uh, very quickly, the original was about uh, Eddie Murphy played Prince Akeem. He's the prince of a fictional African kingdom called Zamunda. He's got an arranged marriage going on, but he wants to marry for love. What? So he leaves Zamunda and travels to Queens, New York, because where else would you find a woman fit for a king? Mm -hmm. And falls in love with an American woman. It's... A lot of different things. It's obviously the love story, but it's a culture clash between Africa and America, rich and poor, tradition and modernity. And it's also about Akeem finding himself as a young man. So in the sequel, Akeem and Lisa have been married for 30 years. They have three daughters, which is a problem because under Zamundan law, only a man can inherit the Zamundan throne. Old fashioned. Uh, Wesley Snipes plays the warlord leader of a neighboring country who is going to invade Zamunda because he thinks there's no male heirs, so Zamunda is ripe for the taking, it's weak. But lo and behold, with a little bit of retconning, it turns out that Eddie Murphy had a one-night stand in <laughs> Queens with Leslie Jones, which produced an illegitimate son named Lavelle. Which was not portrayed in the original movie. Right, exactly. There, the CGI on that was really good. You couldn't, uh, I mean, they made Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall look like 1988 Eddie they Murphy. Did in Arsenio Hall. <laughs> well, they don't look all that different, actually. Yeah, but. that's true. So Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall, who plays his best friend, Semi, they go to Queens, they get Lavelle and his mother, Leslie Jones, and his uncle, played by Tracy Morgan. They bring them back to Zamunda, <laughs> and they give Lavelle Prince lessons, and things kind of fall apart after that, but I don't want to spoil it too much, uh, because I know adults does not like spoilers, so... Well, there's not really any spoilers in this kind of movie. Yeah, that, I mean, that's true. It's so, not like somebody came out of the <laughs> of the closet and is like, I did it with him. <laughs> right, this isn't... I'm like, the murderer. This isn't murder among the Mormons, and I'm <laughs> letting you know who murdered the Mormons. Right. So uh, do you have anything you want to add to that, Dalton? No. Do you I, just want to go into your review? Well, uh, I want to clarify here two things. Um, <laughs> first of all, coming to America and coming to America. So if you're not somebody who... Uh, so if you're somebody who is visually impaired... You're not going to understand that this is a sequel. Yeah. Because Coming to America, the first one was T.O. in the middle, and this one is the number two in the middle. So right. So just one one point there. Coming to America, like we're real people with real reviews. Right. Yeah, you got, yeah exactly. You got to enunciate. You got to see it. You got to, you, you know, it's, it's, it's visual. 
So anyway, that's really small, a really small point. Uh, the second point is that we watched the first one last night, as we Coco did. said, I think, uh, because I had never seen the original before. Even my cousin who was born in the year that Coming to America was released <laughs> has seen Coming to America. Right, which she pointed <laughs> out on our Facebook page to me, by the way, um, which thanks for that. Um, and we love you, Hannah. We do. And <laughs> the uh, fact that I wanted to point out about that was I, I'm... I know why I didn't watch the original. <laughs> so the original was not very good, I thought. The pacing was not great. Um, and uh, I, I know that I'm verging on like sleeping on the couch uh, territory here, but I just, it was painful to watch. It was a pretty harsh movie. The best parts of that movie were when the guys dressed up as other guys. When Arsenio <laughs> Hall and Eddie Murphy dressed up as the barbershop guys and the crazy preacher. And, and the sexual that. chocolate guy. And the sexual chocolate singer, which was <laughs> like all that stuff was great. Like I would, it's almost like uh, the the penguins from Madagascar, which I know you're not familiar with, but the animated movie, the penguins got their own movie. They were so great in the Madagascar movies that they got their own movie. I think that that's what they should do with these guys is just give them their own movies, like these characters, because they were fantastic. Um, and re- they return, they all return to the sequel. Mm-hmm. Um, the sequel was much better uh, than the original. What? Because, well, just for modern sensi- sensibilities, is the pacing was good. Yeah, the pacing the, was good. The, I agree with that. Yeah, and the and the shots, like the way that the shots were in the original, they were so painful to watch because you would it was lingering and lingering and lingering, and it's just because the way we've been conditioned to modern right. movies, right? Like mm-hmm. the original was made in 1988, so everything was different in those days. But it just was so hard for me to watch and. Um, that was directed by John Landis, a white guy. This was directed by, the sequel was directed by Craig Brewer, is also a white guy. Um, but Craig Brewer worked with Eddie Murphy in uh, Dolomite. Mm-hmm. My name is Dolomite. So that was a, a winning combination. So that explains why those those two guys worked. And I thought that this actually came together pretty well. There were some really good belly laughs. I mean, it's essentially, uh, to me, uh, because I loved uh, Eddie Murphy in... 48 hours. I loved him in Trading Places and I loved him in Beverly Hills Cop. And then this came along and it was sort of like, for me, it was like the jumping of the shark in Eddie Murphy's career because then he went on to like Nutty Professor (laughs) and did all these like movies that, and the Nutty Professor is the same sort of idea where he's playing all these different roles and he's so good at it, but it doesn't really make for a movie. It makes for sort of like a glorified SNL sketch to me. Which would make sense because that's where because that's yeah. where his comedy yeah. roots are, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I thought that this was good. And again, this is like you, when you're watching this kind of movie, you know what you're getting into. Right. You're not getting into um, the Irishman or anything like that. Like it's <laughs> this is like in and out and like some belly laughs and let's make fun of everybody. It was good to see everybody back again. Yes, and it, I. Uh, but I, I have more to say, but I want to ask you, Coco, what you... Th- well, I have a lot to say. Okay, so you maybe- go ahead. Yes, you, <laughs> you please do say. Okay, so this is one of my... The original is one of my top 10 all-time favorite movies. When we rewatched it last night, that's the first time I've seen it in several years. It wasn't as funny as I remember, but I just... I have a lot... I have 33 years of affection for that mm-hmm, movie. Like, mm-hmm. I, it's a lot of nostalgia. I grew up watching it all through middle school, high school, college. I love that movie. This, there were some things I liked about it. Like Dalt said, it was really good to see all the characters back. I love that they brought the barbershop guys back. I love that they brought Cleo McDowell back. Mm-hmm. Um, there were also some cameos that were really funny, mm-hmm. like Morgan Freeman was in it. Um, there were really solid laughs. Uh, 
However, <laughs> I the storyline I thought was good, but there were lots of problems with it. Mm-hmm. Basically, this felt like the mentality of it was trapped in 1988. Oh, okay. Um, because uh, there was... So, Leslie Jones' character, Mary, in the retcon... Uh, basically, Explain retcon for people who don't know what retcon is, like me. <laughs> it, oh, uh, so basically you just go back and you fix stuff in an earlier version. Oh, okay. Like uh, the rise So of, it's retro... Oh, don't ask me to think of that oh, right off the top. okay. Yeah. Um, so in uh, the retcon scenes when it's 1988 and they're in the Queen's Club, Leslie Jones basically drugs Eddie Murphy <laughs> and has sex with him. And I'm like, that would have flown in 1988. But right, today, right. that's not really cool. Like if it were a man roofing a woman and having sex with oh, her, yeah, right. like we would never let that fly. We'd be so, outraged, yeah. Yeah, so why is this cool when it's a woman doing it to a man, even though it's played for laughs? Mm-hmm. And then there's another scene close to the end with circumcision that's played for laughs and... That was kind of problematic as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's the whole problematic point of like, so in the original movie, Lisa McDowell didn't have a lot to do. Mm-hmm. And because the movie, even though she was a love interest, it wasn't about her. It was about Prince Akeem mm-hmm. and his you know journey. Mm-hmm. But they tried to give her some feminist window dressing, like she's a career woman, she's in a relationship, but the guy wants her to quit her job, and she doesn't want to do that, and then he and his father kind of try to force her into an engagement, and she's angry, and she says, you know, the next time you and my father try to plan my life, why don't you let me in on it? So she's, even though she doesn't do a lot, and the character really isn't fleshed out very well, like she's still kind of presented as like a more modern woman Mm -hmm. and in this movie there's like even though like the princesses are presented as like being warriors and they're doing like their like physical training with prince akeem and stuff they keep saying it's a stupid law why don't you Mm -hmm change the law so that a woman can inherit and he's just like well it's tradition why would you know what what am i what am i supposed to do but then at the end when prince lavelle you know talks to him like then he finally sees the light and he's like yes i will change you know Mm -hmm. the law and i'm like every woman ever knows how that feels that Mm -hmm. her you know ideas are not validated until a man presents them so it's that was problematic, yeah. Yeah, it's I didn't totally even think of that. From my perspective, I didn't even think of that. So that's a good point. Yeah, it's totally problematic. Like, I mean, I guess we're supposed to feel good that at the end he tells his oldest daughter, Mika, when I'm gone, you will rule, you know, in my place. You know, yay, we're supposed to feel good about it because that's how it should be. Right. But the way we got there isn't necessarily yeah. like an empowered th- way to get there. You I know? think anybody who's ever been in a corporate meeting right. and has had an idea and suggested that idea. And then a week later, somebody suggests that same idea and right. they go and they say, oh, what a great idea. Let's do that. It's like, wasn't anybody here in that meeting last week where I had that exact same idea? Right. And exactly. nobody agreed with it and it got shot down. So yeah, I can I can see that. Yeah, totally. So. Oh, by the way, I looked it up. Uh, actually, our crack research team just handed me a bulletin. Oh, yes. Ret- retcon means retroactive continuity. Oh, okay. Which yeah. makes sense. Yeah, totally. So uh, before I go off on a tangent more, why don't why don't you talk, Dalton? Well, no, I, I hogged the mic there for a while, but I, I will say that uh, following in what you were saying, it was fantastic to see in the same movie, 
just just listen to this listener. Like this is fantastic. So Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall, obviously. James Earl Jones, Morgan Freeman, Wesley Snipes, Louis Anderson, Leslie Jones, Trevor Noah, and John Amos, all in the same right. movie. Like that mm-hmm. that's that was fantastic. And I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say this is Wes, this is Wesley Snipes' finest hour. Oh, <laughs> I just are you I being just, serious? I am. I'm well, sort of. But I, what I'm, I want to be extreme to get my point across is that I thought he was fantastic at this. I just loved him. He was over the top, and he was uh, he got the joke. Like you know, in some movies, actors are really forcing it, and they're trying to be funny, or they're trying to you know be serious, or whatever it is. And he just was like great. He was like he wasn't campy. Like oh, like, I I thought he was very campy. Did you really? I totally thought he See, was. Campy. I didn't think he was campy. I thought I thought it was an appropriate level of of mirth that he was providing. And he, and the one scene near the end, he's wearing a kilt. Yeah, that like was the, really funny. There's no way that that's a traditional, no matter what African country you're in, <laughs> that's not a traditional dress. And like his costumes got more and more elaborate and, and funnier mm-hmm. and funnier as we went along. So anyway, I uh, it just it reminded me, seeing this movie is probably uh, a reminder of all these great talents that we have. And it was so nice to see them in the same movie. And maybe it's nostalgic. Maybe it was just pure why I like this one more than the other one. Um, but it was just kind of it was it was to me it was a better version of the first one. Wow! So it was like more updated. The pacing was better. The pacing the, was better. I'll there were totally more actors in it that mm-hmm. I liked, and and the characters and everything like that, and it flowed a lot better. Um, so that's I think that's and you know having Morgan Freeman in a movie is always going to be a good thing. Oh know? right, totally. And then they had bloopers at the end, so I always liked the bloopers. And the, the bloopers credits. were yeah. amazing. Yeah. They were like one time Eddie Murphy did actually accidentally kick Arsenio Hall in the head, and <laughs> that was really funny. I uh, I thought, oh, what's his name? Uh, the guy who played Lavelle. Well, Jermaine Fowler. Sorry, <laughs> he uh, he did a really good job. I really yeah. liked his performance. I thought they kind of gussied him up a little bit to look like Killmonger, uh, Michael B. <laughs> Jordan from Black Panther. Yeah. Like they gave him the same hair, and yeah. he was kind of dressing the same a little bit. So, but I liked his performance. I thought he and Eddie Murphy did a really good job uh, playing off each other. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, I also liked Kiki Lane as Mika, who is mm-hmm. the oldest daughter. She unfortunately did not have a lot to do. I wish they would have given her more to do than just like kick Wesley Snipes' ass mm-hmm. and glower. Mm-hmm. Um, I because I thought she and Jermaine Fowler like once they finally kind of kind of thawed toward each other because obviously you can understand like you're the oldest child and then you know even irrespective of I think I'm going to inherit the throne of Zamunda. You're if you're even just a regular kid and suddenly this new kid comes in yeah. who's your, you know, father's long lost child, like you're probably gonna have a hard time adjusting to that. Mm-hmm. So I thought that once uh Kiki Lane's character started to thaw a little bit toward Lavelle, she and Jermaine Fowler did a really good job mm-hmm. of playing off each other. So I wish we could have seen more of that. Like it was a two hour movie and like Dalt said, it didn't really feel like two hours, but I, I would I would have liked to have seen more of those characters together. Like Mika and her father, uh, Lavelle and his father, Mika and Lavelle together. Like, I thought those were all really good relationships that were portrayed. But uh, Queen Lisa, Mm -hmm. she was, once again, not really given a whole lot to do. Right. Uh, I mean, she got drunk with Leslie Jones a couple times, which was really (laughs) funny because Leslie Jones is always hilarious. Mm -hmm. So it's, once again, like, Lisa doesn't. Lisa's just kind of off to the side, just not really doing a whole lot. Almost like eye candy in some ways. Yeah, totally. I should also mention, I mentioned the names off the top, and then I scrolled down on my page, and there's also Tracy Morgan, of course, is in this. 
salt and pepper mm-hmm. uh, in vogue and in vogue and rick ross and uh there's also a john legend scene at the end mm-hmm. that's worth uh sticking around for after the credits so there's it's almost like eddie murphy's like okay who are the all the people that i want in a movie and <laughs> right. what movie can i get them in that i can you know it could it be beverly hills cop four or something like no right. no let's make coming to america a sequel so um it just uh, there were there's some problem the, the problems that they I thought were existing in the first one. So there's a couple of sequences in the first one where they're doing the African dance, and the African dance seemed to go on forever. I mean, it was a beautiful thing, but it seemed like it was a good two minutes long or something like that, which is a long time on screen. In these particular in this particular uh, movie in the in the sequel, the the da- the dances were much tighter and they were much more plot turning and, mm-hmm. and things like that. So they're more pivotal in that way. So they seem to make more contextual sense to me. And it's just like those kinds of things that uh, the characters are all kind of the same. Eddie Murphy was funnier in the first one, I thought, than he was in the second one. Arsenio Hall was uh, in the first one a lot more than he was in the second mm-hmm. one. And especially as uh, Semi, not just the other characters that he plays. Right. Like in this uh, second one, he was hardly in it really as Semi. He was mostly in it as the as the other characters. Um, but it was just, uh, it's it's... It's one of those movies, listener, that we don't have a really a lot of really good comedies out there anymore. Right. And I think that this is a fine comedy. I don't think I would do the double bill like we did. Um, I think you could get away with just watching the second one because the second one is essentially a newer version of the first one with you know trying to find true love as opposed to a, you know arranged marriages and that sort of thing. There are some jokes that are lifted word for word from the first right. movie. Right. So and there's some scenes that are listed yeah. too because they do some flashbacky things and uh, as you can imagine so you don't really need to watch the first one if you're born after 1988 and you're like I don't I don't we don't have a VHS machine. I don't know how we're going to find a, how we're going to watch it. I don't know. Can you stream it? I don't know. What streaming? What is that? I don't know. Uh, so, uh, yeah. So, uh, what would you give it, Coco, uh, out of, uh, uh, on your letter grade? So, the original, I would give an A-. Um, mm-hmm. Like I said, not as funny as I remember, but still, I've got 33 years of established affection for this movie. Still extremely funny. Mm-hmm. That's a top five for you, right? Or top is it a 10. top ten? Top ten, for yeah. sure. Um, this movie, the sequel... Uh, <laughs> The the nostalgia factor is great. And mm-hmm. I think at the end, like the last scene that was like five or 10 minutes, it's like a wedding like reception. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed that. There were definitely some good laughs in it. It didn't feel like two hours long, but the, the plot was just okay. Mm-hmm. It wasn't great. Like I said, there were the problems with the feminism and, mm-hmm. you know, the rape. And mm-hmm. it, I feel like for... 33 years, this isn't what I would have hoped it would have been. Oh, yeah. So it was like, a disappointment for you. It was disappointing. It wasn't like I'd give it an F. Mm-hmm. I'd probably give it like a B minus. You're a um, high grader, though. Yeah, I'm a high grader. Yeah. Um, I did uh, see a headline a week or two ago that Eddie Murphy said he had resisted making a sequel for so long mm-hmm. because so many people love that movie so much and he didn't want to ruin <laughs> their memories of their childhood and there's even a scene in this movie where they allude to that like mm-hmm. why do you have to make a sequel the sequel's never as good mm-hmm. you know so that's yeah i there were enjoyable parts there were problematic parts mm-hmm. eh, like it's it's a bit of a letdown to me I, oh, that's I'd, too bad. I'd give it like a b minus okay well i would give it i would give the original i wasn't prepared to grade the original because i didn't want to you don't have to grade the original i don't want to i just want to give them a scale of what 
I like yeah. versus, yeah. Well, I'd be sleeping in the car probably because that's one of your top 10 movies. And I, I don't want to grade <laughs> one of your top 10 movies. Um, but I will anyway because, uh, you know, listener needs to know these things. I'd probably give it about a 5 out of 10. And the second one, the sequel that we just watched, I'd probably give it a 7. Um, but Or maybe a 6.5 because it was it was good. It was fine. There were some dead spots in it. But overall, it's... It's a decent comedy. And I think it's also, I'm grading against the competition here because there's just not a lot of really good original comedies out there, which is a shame. So when something like this comes out or Eurovision, which we really liked, right. like an actual good comedy uh, that's got some interesting uh, writing and, and uh, characterizations and all that sort of stuff, it's it stands out. So I, I give it... I give it, uh, I guess because the competition is poor, I give it a high mark, which is, <laughs> which is a sad statement Aww. in itself. <laughs> oh, that's too, that's too bad. Yeah. So, so I'm sleeping on the couch, listener, uh, nah. after grading coming to America as a five, but. No, I, no, that's fine. <laughs> You're entitled to your opinion. Thank you, dear. And uh, listener knows that we always watch what I want to watch and you get stuck watching things that you wouldn't necessarily watch. So I can't make you sleep on the couch when. I dragged you kicking and screaming into into watching this. Well, like it, legit listener, I've been so excited for this movie. Like as soon as they announced it was going to happen, and then when they announced when the premiere date was, I like I put it on the calendar. I'm not lying. And it shows you what you, what kind of a Debbie Downer I am. That I'm like, yeah, I don't, that movie in 1988. I don't, it wasn't very good. I had all this time to watch it. I know, <laughs> and I hadn't watched it, so that says something. I think what we're going to do uh, tonight is maybe watch like Forty Eight Hours or something like that. Oh yeah, definitely Beverly Hills Cop. Watch uh, yeah, watch a classic Eddie For Murphy realsies. movie and then live those days because those were good days. I also want to say it's really funny that in Eddie Murphy Raw, which we just watched a few mm-hmm. weeks ago, he's got that whole bit about American women just want half your money, so he's going to go to Africa and find a woman <laughs> who's yeah, and this is really offensive, obviously, but he's going to go to Africa and find a woman who doesn't know how to read and doesn't know who he is and doesn't have a tv and gonna marry her so that she can't take half his money because she doesn't want to divorce him because what's the alternative going back to squalor which like i said is offensive and then like four years later he comes out with a movie movie. where he doesn't want to like an african traditional woman he wants to go to america and find a modern woman so that's really funny so this is the the personification of that idea right there right Well, thank you, listener, for joining us once again. We appreciate your following us and sharing us and liking us and contributing all that money to the GoFundMe account that we have set up. This is why we've been able to do 125 episodes over three plus years. Wow, and we're getting more and more popular as the numbers are uh, (laughs) telling us. You're not supposed to laugh at that. That wasn't actually funny. We can cut that out. That wasn't the funny part. (laughs) We can cut that out. So for another edition of the podcast, thanks for joining us. I'm not Coco. And I'm not Dalton.